Where's your innovation? Huh? Why copycat two high school loser-ass dickheads? Stu was a pussy-ass wet rag. And Billy Loomis, Billy Loomis, what the fuck? Jesus. What a rat-looking, homo-repressed mama's boy. Why not set your goals higher, huh? You want to be one of the big boys? Huh? Manson? Bundy? OJ? Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Citizen Frame. I'm Kieran, your host. And today we are following up Scream with, you guessed it, Scream 2. Joining me for the small retrospective is David Lynch's only fan, Trevor. <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> Trevor uh, Whitehouse fame. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there goes our listening audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a spoiler-filled and harsh language podcast. Uh, but if you don't know that by now, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're just going to jump right into Scream 2 here. Um the one thing that really worked for Scream was the opening scene. Opening scene is brilliant. Yep. This movie tweaks it a bit. And what's great about Scream 2, it takes the sequel, like the whole the whole, the whole thing about a slasher film is you up it. You up the kills, you up the violence. As Randy states in the film. Exactly. And they even have an argument about sequels um, during one of the classes. Yeah. And so what they do is they, they turn it a bit. Uh, they keep the formula the same, but they pepper in a different kind of chemical. Ah, uh-huh. No, that wouldn't make any sense because it wouldn't be the same formula if they put in a different chemical. Yeah. But well, it, well that, was a bad, that was a bad analogy. But you, I'll explain what I'm talking about. Yeah. Opening scene. Last for, uh, we've got uh, Omar Epps and Jada, Jada Pickett-Smith. Uh, they play Maureen and Phil. They're going to the premiere of the sc- Scream movie, Stab, which is based on the movie we just watched, Scream. <laughs> Very clever. Already fucking love it. Yeah. Heather Graham playing the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the film within a film version of Drew Barrymore. Yeah, and the acting is so bad. It's so yes. fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't fix it. The funny thing is, that whole opening sequence was directed by Robert Rodriguez. That's right. Yeah. I think that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, so they're in the movie theater, and it's some good some good banter, some good, uh, you know, Sandra Bullock conversations, you know. Just yeah. The, good, good, fun movie conversations you'll have with your girlfriend. Very, um, very meta, and, and keeping with the first film, you know, they're, they're, they're cracking jokes about, you know, the... The lack of, um, you know, black characters, you know, traditionally in, in horror films, but yet they are, you know, two black characters in the horror films that get bumped off, you know. So yeah. The, the play with all those sort of um, cliches and tropes. Exactly, and it's uh, obviously he gets in the bathroom, and then, but the, the the most important one is he got this rowdy crowd of people throwing popcorn everywhere. I must the admit that 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 fucking cinema is like the fucking my worst nightmare. When I go to a cinema to watch a film, I want to watch it in fucking silence. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the rudiest fucking cinema ever. Yeah, <laughs> the same way. I I go to matinees just because I can't stand crowds. Yeah, um, but it's a college town, yes. so that's why they. It's pretty much like that, and so yeah, the, you know, everyone's going nuts, and 
So her boyfriend gets it when he sits down, and it's obviously the killer in the in in the uh, in the costume there. Yeah. She doesn't realize it, but when she gets stabbed to death, and she's walking down the alley, uh, and people are screaming, "Yeah, this is the greatest film ever!" and she's dying. Um, people yeah. don't didn't notice; they thought it was just part of the chaos, part of the fun, like a publicity stunt. Yeah, it's kind of nice because most of the kills done by the killer in the original Scream were isolated. Yeah. So this one, they step it up, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, where all bets are off now. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter where you are, he's going to find you. And I did like how he camouflaged it uh, when, he, when he obviously when she dies. Uh, it's a good opening scene. I, I liked it. It's not as good as the first one. Yeah, like I said, but they did, but they, at least they did something different. Still enjoyed it. I but love, they didn't copy and paste. Yeah, I, lo- I love the shot of you know whenever the, the the audience in in the cinema eventually realize, no, this shit's for real. She's really down here, and she's all bloodied up and stuff. And you sort of get a point of view, you know, of what she's looking at, and they're all just you know shocked and horrified, you know, as she's dropping dead, you know, yeah. type thing. Yeah, very yeah. well done. It, it's, a, it's a great shot. It is. It's a nice shot. And then, yeah, because then you see the other yeah, crowd realize, because you do get to see the crowd realizing this is way something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. I like that. It was yeah. nice. Again, that yeah. little dark little tweak. Again, yeah. very tongue-in-cheek banter, good fun banter in the, in the first part, and then it got turned dark in the second. Yeah. Um. <coughs> oh, there we go. I, I, I hit the cough button, but I didn't. Right. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. Uh, we can get that out, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Um, but, yeah, it, then the, obviously now Sydney's in college. And I do like the fact we talk about how uh, you had kind of the, the A-list who got killed in the beginning of the first one. But this one, they kind of did it with Scream too, but more near the middle. And that's when Sarah Michelle Geller gets it. Yes, because she was Buffy at the time, so she was she was fine. She was a pretty get good get, and, and she was uh, she was featured on the poster as well for Scream Two heavily. Yep, and I know what you did last summer was coming out, so she was a get as well. So obviously, she they kind of put the Sydney part, the Sydney part, the Casey part, in the beginning of Scream and put it more. How about halfway through? Yeah. And I thought it was I thought it was a nice little scene when she gets thrown out the chucked out the window. Um. I do like I do like how they kind of play she, homage to the, the original. Yes, yeah, and she looks really young in it. I know. See the pants she was wearing though. Jesus Christ, she's <laughs> making me harder than Chinese algebra. <laughs> she's yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah. Not to be offensive. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just stating the obvious. Yeah, I know. God, she must work out. What's the problem? <laughs> uh, there's a great line where. Where they're talking, they kind of had this argument about what's better, you know, Godfather over Godfather Two, Alien over Aliens. It's a nice Terminator little fun two. scene, yeah. yeah. Especially if you're a fan of that of those honors. But there's a great line where Timothy Alphont, who I forgot was in this, and I like seeing him because I really like Timothy Alphont. Um, he, he plays Mickey, and he's he's walking past Randy, and he says, "Empire Strikes Back, better." Yes. Better movie, and he and Randy turns to him and goes, "Doesn't count. It's part of a trilogy." Yes, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's not a sort of a standalone sequel. Yeah, See, it's it was. It, I just kind of like that because I always have people always have that arguments. Alien yeah. or aliens? Well, you can have that argument, but if it's part of a trilogy, you can't. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's well, we been a food film nerd. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and quite right too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, we got Jerry O'Connell. He's one of the new members. He plays Derek. He plays City's Love Interest. We got Mickey, Timothy Alphonse. We got Randy back. We got Dewey. We got Gail. We got Debbie Salt. Uh, yes. Played by lovely by the Lori, Lori Metcalf. I like her. She's a fun and, actress. And Cotton Weary as well. Cotton Weary's got a bigger role in this one. Played by Mr. Uh, Gloomsu himself. Um, he's a good actor. I kind I, I like yeah. him. Uh, uh, Leave Schreiber. Leave Schreiber. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's a pretty good actor. I like his stuff. It's funny. All these actors have gone on to do really well for themselves. Well, well Jer- Jerry O'Connell as well was, of course, um, Vern, the um, fat kid in Stand By Me. About the yeah. before. Yeah, this was kind of the film that put him back on the map because he was quiet yeah. for a while and uh, kind of he disappeared. Was, he, he did some kiddie shows and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember, I remember in the 90s, around the same time, actually, he was in a sci-fi series that I used to watch called Sliders. Yes, uh, about yes. parallel, you know, dimensions and universes and stuff. Yes, yes. It has Salah from Raiders of Lost Ark. That's right. Yes. And then his didn't John Jerry Con- Yes, and then John, Jerry O'Connell left, and his brother took over. Yeah, mm-hmm. in real life. His yeah, real life I, I always watch that. Yeah, yeah. Um, show BBC Two here. There's a, there's a funny scene where. In the beginning scene where Cindy, she's obviously getting all these prank phone calls, but now it doesn't work because you have caller ID. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so she's like, oh, yeah, so this is, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I do like how they kind of call that out a bit. Yeah. Um, it's but very we 90s. D- it's, I mean, especially um, with this, you know, Scream 2, it is just, it's pure 90s, you know. It's hanging off the screen, you know. Yeah. You know? Um. I do like, there's a great line where the killer calls. And, oh, by the way, we should do this. We should shout this out right now. Um, that Roger Jackson plays the voice of all the, of all, of the, of the, of the killer in these films. All of them. Yes, yes. Um, even though he's a voice, obviously he's a voiceover actor. He's done th- hundreds and hundreds, mainly gaming and stuff like that. Yeah, um, um, animation and stuff like that. Even though it's a tweaked voice and it's obviously you know it redubbed and dubbed, it's still a really cool voice. Oh yeah. Um, sadly, he's not going to be in. The, he's not doing the the new one. Is he not? No. Right. right. I was. I'm curious why they didn't bring him back. So right. That's a, that's a strange decision. Yeah. It's a very strange decision. I'm completely because the voice is the mascot of the film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we get the scene where. CC gets it. CC is played by that's the uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, and this is kind of like the Drew Barrymore scene. Yeah, uh, there's a great line when he goes, uh, "Why do you ask questions with questions?" And he's like, "Because uh, I'm a, I'm inquisitive." Yeah, <laughs> I just love again again the great banter between these two, and yeah. then it turns um, turns sinister. Know. Yeah, exactly. Um, just like they did. There's a great scene where during that scene, there is there's a great scene within the scene. Um where the answer where she's on the phone and she's gonna call the police. This is getting kind of creepy. But she's outside because she doesn't want to go back in the house, but her cordless phone signal doesn't yes. work. So she loses the signal. Yeah, so she's gotta you know just step back in. Um uh it's just well, not it's fun. A yeah, it, it it goes back to in the original where um you know where you know Sydney says to, to the, the you know the 
on the phone to the voice you know oh these films are ridiculous you know that these dumb girls should be um running out the front instead of running back into the house it's playing with that again actually with cc where but in this case she has to go back into the house because of the phone signal yeah i would just throw on the phone and ran but yeah but the cool thing about this one this film tells you there's two of them yes in this scene um they didn't do that in the first one. So this movie literally tells you there's two killers from this scene. Yeah. Because um, obviously when she walks back into the house, the mm-hmm. killer, we see the she's on the phone talking to the killer. Yeah. We see it, another killer. Coming in. Coming in. So right there they let you know, we're letting you know there's two of them. Yeah. Um, it was nice though. And I liked her death. Checked out the window. Apparently um, Sarah Michelle Geller also insisted on doing her own stunts. For that scene, including jumping out the window, apparently Wes Craven, um, he was reluctant to allow her to do it, but she insisted, and she did it. Well, she's Buffy. She's probably used to it. Well, right? exactly. She's used to, you know, kicking asses of, of vampires and stuff, so yeah, <laughs> jumping out a window is no problem to her. <laughs> exactly. I've never seen Buffy. Everyone says, oh my God, how have you not it's, seen Buffy? It's, I mean, I haven't seen it in its entirety, but I used to jump in and out of it. It wasn't really my thing, but I could see it was quite, you know, sort of clever at the same time, you know, because like Scream, it was sort of sending up all those tropes, you know, that sort of thing. What I've seen of it, I haven't, you know, I sort of dipped in and out of it. It At that stage, I was like in my sort of 20s and more into what I considered more sort of serious horror, and I thought it was was a bit... Camp. I, I, I could be, yeah, a bit camp, and I sort of felt at the time it was more like... X-Files for teenagers. All right. But a lot of fun as well, I think. Um, did you notice throughout the film, there's a hint, there's a movie called, and I, I'm probably wrong, back in the 40s, called Gaslight. And this film plays a bit on that. I believe Gaslight, like, guys, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But Gaslight is about a husband who's trying to make his wife go insane. Right. And I feel like that's what the killer is trying to do with, she, he's trying to gaslight her, Sydney. Yeah. Because she's always saying something when she's doing the play. He shows up in the yes. play and always kind of taunting her and always mm-hmm. playing with his food. Yes. And so I caught, the, I kind of caught that for the first time that he's trying to pretty much, they're trying to pretty much gaslight her. Yeah. Um, so when something does go awry or go wrong, she would be held accountable and not the actual killer. Yeah. Um, the, the girl who cried wolf type thing. Yeah, well, if you guys want to see a film, see Gaslight. I think that's what it's called. That could be wrong. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to look into that. Uh, um, of course, D- David Warner, he, he pops up yeah, as well. Yeah, he got the part because of The Omen. Yes, that's right. Wes Craven loved The Omen. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I love The Omen as well. The, uh, uh, as the, a kid. The, the, the best death, especially for that time era, of the visual effects in that scene where he gets his head cut off is fucking brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant scene. So it is. Um, it terrified me as a kid when I watched it. Now, when Randy gets it, um, again, we talked about in the beginning sequence where the original was more enclosed, one-on-one, where yes. this one's more open. And now this is in a whole open um, college and campus daylight. and, and yeah. daylight. Yeah. But it's clever because you're like, oh, how is he going to get away with How is he going to kill Randy in the middle of daylight? But what yeah. he does is he kind of taunts, he puts him on the phone, he taunts him and stuff. But if you look at the camera work... As the camera's pan going circling around Randy, we get a clear view. There's not many people around. Yes. So he's letting us know this could happen because there's not many people uh, uh, right up on the campus right now. 
Yeah. So, and then when he when Randy goes off on him, starts ripping on him, yada yada yada. He the killer lets him talk. Billy was gets, so, he, I think Randy says something like Billy was such a a rat faced, um, you know, homo repe- homo repressed mommy's boy or something yeah. like that there, and that's when the killer snaps because yeah. obviously Billy's mom. Yeah, so she must have did that. Yeah, and so, and obviously pulling him into the truck and then slicing him. Did yeah. you catch a little? I like I liked a little stuff like, obviously we know Randy's dead because you see the blood dripping from the van. Yeah, but there's a nice shot as we as the camera pans down. You see the blood dripping from the van, but the other side of the van we hear the door opening. Yeah, and you see the cloak, you know, the boots. Yes. But yes, you right. also see the cloak come up and disappear, meaning the killer's taking off the outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's in broad daylight, or she's in broad daylight. So yeah. I thought that was a clever little... I know it's silly, something small and minor. No, no, but no. It, I mean, but it adds up. The, the devil's in the detail. You exactly. Know? Definitely. Um, and I must admit, it, 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 it has always bugged me, um, Randy getting killed off, because he was always my favorite character. However, I totally understand the reasons for doing it, because... It packs a punch. It's like fucking Randy's got, as he said himself. Um, you know, earlier on, he says all bets are off. Anyone can get it, and he gets it. You know. Yeah. But it's I, I will always miss Randy. <laughs> um, Even though he they, does have a, a cameo in the third one, which is bad, by the way. They they like, that was it's stupid. We'll get to convoluted. it. Convoluted. Um, but yeah, he does get it, and you're spot on because this this means and. It could be anybody. Yeah, and that's of, what of the, the main cast, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was the first one you, that got it from the main You're like, oh, wow, they're going to kill Randy because he's the narrator of the films. Yeah. He tells you what's going to happen or how is it going to work. And, and everybody like, loves Randy, you know. Exactly. Um, I love when... Uh, <laughs> so Dewey and Gale are starting to try to get it on in the in the, uh, the, the, the theater, I guess you could yes. say. Yes. And the killer shows up. And I do like when Dewey gets it when he's... She's trying to tell him he's behind you, but she he can't hear her because it's in the sound room. Yes, the soundproof um, room. The yeah, soundproof that's brilliantly room. done. Yeah, that was a fun scene, and he gets stabbed quite a few times. But don't worry, <laughs> Dewey will live. Again. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, Apparently, Dewey was originally killed off in the first film, but um, test audiences you know, proved that he was so popular they had, they, in the first film, they added that scene where he survived at the end. You know, he's taken away in the ambulance. Yeah. Okay, yeah. um, so it's, like a, it's almost like a running joke where Dewey is—you uh, think Dewey's dead, but he's not really. At the end, he's like he's getting taken away in an ambulance. Yeah, you, you got know? the spaghetti western. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. My favorite scene is coming up, and that's the cop car scene. The cop when the two cops take Sydney and Nikki. Yes, Nikki. Yes, her friend. Yeah, some uh, niece, Nikki Haley, Haley, and they. The cops are driving them to safety or just somewhere, you know, away. Yeah. And the two cops get it pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, especially well, I, I the love... one cop with the pipe through the head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's brutal. Um, uh, but I, lo- I love that line where, um, you know, it's um, Sydney's friend says to the cops, so where are you taking us? And he says, well, um, if, if we tell you, we'll have to kill you. And next minute, bang. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, um, yeah. So and that whole scene is where, they have to sneak out, and then the killer gets in the car and drives, and he actually crashes when he kills the cop. And he's yeah. got to, the girls have got to go over the screw, the, uh, the killer to get out of yes, the car. Because as yeah. you know, cop cars lock the passenger doors. 
yeah. in, uh, in the back seat there. So I thought that was a fun, uh, intense little Intense little moment, and then Haley gets it, which was sad because Haley was a nice, was a was a pretty decent little character. Yeah, um, although I have to say about about Haley, I thought um, she was a sort of pointless character as well. You know, it was almost like she wasn't given enough to do. Well, you know what I mean? It's funny to say that because you're not wrong in saying that the script leaked when they started filming, that's right? And so the original killer rewritten. If uh, the, yeah, the original killers were going to be Derek and Haley. Yes. Um, so you can that. see why her her scenes are kind of she just shows up. Yeah, I guarantee you, there's more on the editing film that they had to cut out because it wouldn't make much sense putting it yeah, the, if she's not the killer. Yeah, but in the um, finished film, she's basically she has very little to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, which would suck, because especially if you're the actress. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But I do like the fact it's Billy's mom, uh, which is played by Mrs. Uh, Salt. Yeah, um, Laurie Metcalf. Metcalf. There was a, there is a, there's one thing I don't get. What? So once you find out that it's Mickey and Debbie Salt, she got Mickey from some fan site. One line fix. <laughs> He's just a nut job movie buff. Yeah. But why would she kill Mickey? And she should have waited till the other two were dead. So she kills Mickey, the man who's pretty much doing most of the killings. He's the strong man of the group. Yeah. And then you're left yourself with open and vulnerable. So I never understood why she would kill her partner. I, I suppose um, it, it, to her, he was just this disposable kid. And her evil plan had almost sort of reached its conclusion. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and did she say something about how um, she wanted to set like Sydney up? Or, or something like that. So it was all part of her plan. It is convoluted, but there is some like sort of one-line fixes, you know, where she says, "Oh, and yeah, I'm just going to sort of you know have it blamed on you," and um, you know, and that that was the reason for him being killed or you know being dead or whatever. Uh, okay. It is so. It is a, a little convoluted, but you know, it, it there is a sort of line that sort of fixes it. I think, you know. <laughs> When um, when there was a nice shot, nice effect when Derek gets it. Yes. Wait, it was always supposed to be Mickey and Haley, not Derek and. Well, yeah, it was I, supposed to be Derek and Haley. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mickey, Derek, Derek and Haley. Yeah. Yeah, it was Derek. But anyways, uh, when Derek Jerry O'Connell gets it, it's a nice shot because very rare do you get squib shots, and mm-hmm. a squib is something that makes like it looks like a yeah the explosion. explosion. Yeah. But very rarely do they do it on bare skin. Yeah. And they mm. do it when Jerry O'Connell gets shot right in the chest. It's a pretty gruesome little death. Yeah. He's a nice character. Yeah. Um, and he gets shot it's just so chaotically. It's just a horrible death. And he mm. gets shot. You see the, uh, the squib effect. It's just a great effect. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he sadly gets it, which I thought was, you think they carry some of the characters over, but they don't. They let everyone get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, Con- I, love, I love the red hurrying, you know, just before this, you know, sort of big clim- climactic scene. Where it seems pretty obvious for the first time watching it anyway that Cotton Weary is the killer. You think it? You think it was? Well, I remember the first time watching it. It felt quite obvious. I mean, obviously, it's a big red herring. You know, like the scene where you know um, where it's building up to this, where you know in the library where he sort of um, threatens Sydney and stuff. Oh yeah, know? yeah. Again, I I and never then he thought he appears with the blood on his hands. You know, I never thought it was him. 
probably because it was way too obvious. But again, you know, scream, you're right. It could be anybody. Yeah. Um, I do like the fact that he he has a chance to pretty much kill, get Sydney killed and team up with with Debbie Salt. Yes. But then they Sydney gives that subtle wink that, yeah, we'll do the interview. Yeah. And he's been looking to get, and he yeah. ends up killing. I do like when they shoot and kill uh, uh, Debbie that uh, – the, uh, what's his face? Uh, Mickey pops back up. Yes, that's right. They blow yeah. him away with bullets, and then without even thinking, Justin Fraser walks up and shoots you right in the be- right in the head. Yeah. Uh, again, it's very very violent. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, I also like at the very end where all of the reporters flock around. You know the survivors of it, and um, Gail realizes that they're not interested in her anymore. Gail Weathers. And um, they're interested in Sydney, but Sydney then passes it on to Cotton Weary, who wants yeah. the fame. And she says, "Go ahead, Cotton. It's all yours. You know, there's your fifteen minutes of fame that you always wanted." Goes, yeah, I just want a quiet life. I'm just walking off. So I thought that was a really nice um, ending. I do because they kind of play on that in the third one. Um, I yeah. I think you missed the ball a little bit with Gail though, because there's a great shot with Gail where she has all those reporters surrounding her. And she does have a chance to do a massive interview and start stealing the machine. But once yeah. he finds out Dewey's alive, yes, that's that was more. That's that, that's right. That's right. Her, her character, she's changed. That's she's right. got a little bit of an arc. Yes, yes. She she she, she grows a heart, so to speak, um, where she realizes um, there's more important things than actually um, you know fame and sort of you know being the star and stuff. It um, yeah, she runs to Dewey instead. That's right. Yeah. Yeah and, yeah, and and all the characters, they all the cool thing about the Scream franchise is that the characters, Sydney, Dewey, Randy, um, yeah. they all stayed in character. Yeah. Where Gail was the one who was always kind of the bitch of the group and always yeah. was out for herself, even in the second one. Yes. So that's where she, her her arc finally came to. At By the end of it, she changed. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was a nice little ending. Um, yeah. The original ending, when the camera, you know, the camera pans out, yeah, and they, you see the clock tower of the uh, of the uh, the other oh, tower college. of the college. Yeah. There was supposed to be another sc- scream in there, another right. killer. Right, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, it would be yeah. kind of different, but they got rid of it. Um, but that's it. That's a wrap on Scream Two. Yeah, I think we're both on board. We both really enjoyed this film. I think yeah. it's pretty much just a copy and paste from the last one. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, playing playing with the tropes, not as good as, as the first one, um, but it was never going to be, and even by its own admittance, you know, um, I suppose in a way. But yeah, the first two for me are yeah. We'll we'll talk about the other ones, you know, in, in um, the next podcasts. But yeah, um, thoroughly enjoyable stuff, both of them, especially the first one. Yeah, you know? I I'll tell you right now, I what what works for Scream Two. Is um, it wants it wound up to sell the gores? It's a lot more violent, mm-hmm. um, a lot more deaths, a little bit more over the top Hollywood actiony in its own right. Uh, but that's what you but that's what you do with sequels. And it Randy does exactly explain. what yeah it does exactly what Randy says it's going to do. If Randy says it, it can happen. <laughs> it does happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> so and that's and that's the rules of scream. Um, so yeah. they got away with it. And what I yeah. liked about it, it's. It took what worked for the first one and they made it their own and did something different with it. 
making yeah. CC the middle death, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, um, but more tweak more in the middle where the opening sequence was a little more different, where it's more open rather than more le- rather than claustrophobic. Yeah. I liked how, how how they changed they changed their game a little bit, but they kept true to the mm-hmm. formula. Yeah, and that's so hard to do with sequels. That's it. The, with with um, the first two screen films, they know the rules, and um, because they know the rules, they then know how to break them. Exactly. There we are. Woo! Scream two. Yep. Everyone, we're getting closer to the big screen premiere. Which oh, I can't wait, man. I really can't wait. Yeah, I hope looking they don't forward disappoint. to Um. But, uh, uh, Trevor, thanks as usual. Thanks for joining me on this one. My pleasure. Always. Awesome. I appreciate it. And for all you listeners out there, thank you again for following us. It's much appreciated. It's great yep. to be back on the air. Um, again, always like us, follow us, give us your suggestions at citizenframe underscore podcast. That's on Instagram or on Facebook in general. Or if you want to email us a shout, feel free to do that at citizenframe at outlook.com. Um, We're going to wrap this one up and we'll be chatting soon. All the best.